0: Welcome to Serious Faith, a podcast exploring the Gospels story by story to discover the way of Jesus. Welcome back to Serious Faith. We are in John chapter 13. We're cons- just continuing to pluck away toward Easter here. And uh, last week we had Randy on. We We talked about the announcement of the betrayal and uh, what that means for emotions and blind spots. And so this week, a little bit of a shorter reading, and uh, next week will be even shorter yet. But uh, this week is called the Love Commandment. And we're looking at John chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. And here's what it says. When Judas was gone, Jesus said, Now the human one has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify the human one in himself and will glorify him immediately. Little children, I'm with you for a little while longer. You will look for me, but as, just as I told the Jewish leaders, I also tell you now, where I'm going, you can't come. I give you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, so you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. So a couple of interesting things here in this passage to note. And uh, the first is that it says that when Judas had gone, if you remember from last week, uh, Judas uh, has betrayed Jesus, right? They're at the meal. Jesus is telling them somebody's going to betray him. and, And it's Judas. Judas rolls out. And it's right after this, Jesus turns to them and he says, now the human one has been glorified and God has been glorified in him. Now, the two things I want you to note in that is this. First of all, the fact that Judas goes to betray Jesus Meaning the fact that Jesus then is going to be crucified, right? That's the end result of the betrayal. The betrayal itself is not what glorifies Jesus. What brings Jesus glory is the crucifixion, right? In other words, what he is about to accomplish through his death is what brings him glory. And it's so kind of opposite to what most of us think of glory, right? When we think of somebody in glory, we think of somebody who is winning, somebody who's on top of their game, somebody who is the best at what they do, right? They're glorious. And yet Jesus, his glory is going to the crucifixion, which of course is still a top of his game moment, which it's, this is like the, the twist in the story. Jesus comes to glory because what he's about to do is not just die, but die in a way, die in, a, in such a monumental way, That he deals with sin, he deals with death, and then resurrected from the dead, right? Like, I mean, think about this. This is huge. This is bigger than any of those moments, but it's not going to feel that way, right? In these moments to come, it's not going to feel that way. But ultimately, because we know what Jesus has done for us, because we know that he has done this and that what he has accomplished through the crucifixion, through his death and resurrection, we have this great hope because he is glorified in it and he said if god has been glorified in him god will also glorify the human one in himself and will glorify him immediately right he says he says this is going to happen it's going to be awesome and and he says i'm with you a little while longer you will look for me but just as i told the jewish leaders i also tell you now where i'm going you can't come he says i've got to go do something and go somewhere that that you can't follow me in and so then he follows it up with this with this comment that i give you a new commandment love each other (laughs) i i like that he calls it a new commandment because let's be honest uh the old testament definitely tells them to love people right like there's nothing in the old testament that says they should hate people or dislike people the old testament's pretty clear that you should love people too and so what does he mean here what does he mean when he says i give you a new commandment to love each other well he says this the second line just as i have loved you so you also must love each other do you see this Right, he says, "Look, this is new, not because of the general idea of loving people. Right, that's something that God has told His people to do for ages and for generations. What is new is the way that Jesus is demonstrating what love looks like." Now, I think this is fitting, uh, considering that you know this is the week of Valentine's Day. Right, we have a lot of thoughts about what love means and how we show our love for each other and what love is. And Jesus says, "Look." All those things, you can throw them all out. Because I'm going to show you what love is, right? This is a new commandment. I'm going to show you what love should look like, what it does look like. What it looks like is the human one being glorified. It looks like crucifixion and resurrection, right? Being willing to offer myself for you. And just as I offer myself for you, so I want you to offer yourselves for each other, right? To love each other just as i've loved you you must love each other this is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other my goodness we make this to be so hard right we 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 go to seminary and we get these degrees and we we go to church and the bible studies and the sunday school classes and we're trying to figure how is it that we follow jesus and he just says just love people just love each other and he, and he says, look, you should love each other like I love you. And he says, this is how everyone will know you're my, dis, my disciples, right? In other words, this is your key evangelistic thing that you can do, is to love each other. The key thing that you can do, the standard, is to love each other. Right? And this, this bringing together, this cohesion, makes an effective witness. Right, you want to know you want to know why the church is struggling to to reach people for Jesus? Maybe maybe it's just the basics. Maybe we're not doing a very good job of loving each other. And I don't think you have to look very far church to see this. Cuz most of you in your own churches, in your own communities, you see this. We see it all over our news, right? We have politicians and leaders who who claim to follow Jesus and then they go and slander one another on TV. We have pastors and people in our churches who slander other people in their own church right like good grief and we wonder we all oh, the church is dying because of this or this or this and we fill in all these blanks and what if at the end of the day it just comes down to the fact that we're not doing a good, very good job of loving people right even even my own significant pieces of the ministry that i feel like the church is missing things like healing and deliverance and and changing people's transforming people's lives right now today not just in eternity even all of that comes down to the fact, why do we, why do we heal? Why, why, why do we pray for healing? Why do we pray for deliverance? Why do we um, transform people's lives? Why does my church give away cars to people? Why do we build a disc golf course, right? Because we love people. <laughs> we do it all. At the end of the day, if it's not motivated by love, it's motivated by the wrong thing. So Jesus says, I give you a new commandment: Love each other just as I've loved you you must love each other he says and so jesus says look my glory comes by offering myself sacrificing myself and i wonder sometimes if the reason we have a hard time loving each other is because we have a hard time making sacrifices for one another because we're we're used to getting our way we want things done the way we want them done and we're not used to making sacrifices and sometimes we have to make sacrifices in order to love our neighbor Right? If, if my neighbor's car breaks and he can't afford to fix it and, and, and they come over and, they, and they, they're crying in my house because they can't get to work the next day, right? it requires for me either a sacrifice to take them to work or a sacrifice to give them the money to fix their car. Right, There is a sacrifice, no matter how it is that we love on people, there is always a sacrifice that must be made. Sometimes we're sacrificing money. Sometimes we're sacrificing our time to sit with somebody and have coffee and hear about all their struggles and help them get through them. There are a lot of ways that we sacrifice so we can love one another. But maybe that's why, you know, as I think about this now, maybe that's why loving each other is so hard is because love requires us to make sacrifices. And you know, and I think I think my wife is a great example of this. My wife, um, you know, especially in our lives, I. I felt called to be a pastor very early and I was in doing my undergrad work when we met and trying to get through my undergrad before even going to seminary and then through an ordination track. I mean, the Methodist process that I'm in is 11 years long at the at the fastest. So so my wife made a lot of sacrifices over the last 10 years as we've crafted this relationship together and as I pursued seminary and ordination and and doing work in Africa, right? Trying to live into these callings that got a place in my life. My wife had to make sacrifices for those things. And she she loves me so well in those things. And she loves me through those things. She loves me through the hard seasons in those things, right? Because being a pastor is not always easy. And she loves me through it. And so we have to make sacrifices if we truly love somebody. We have to be willing to make sacrifices. And are we willing to make those this week? Are we willing to sacrifice what, the things that we hold dear, the things that we think are essential? Are we willing to sacrifice them so that we can better love our neighbors? I don't think I got to ask any other question but that one. Talk about living out serious faith. What are you going to sacrifice this week?